It's good to have another opportunity to share with you. Uh, last time I shared, you remember, I said that uh, my ministry is towards children and everything that I do must either be directly to them or must benefit them. And so last time I shared on uh, what God has for children, what he wants to do in their lives, what is open for them to be a part of. And that included, as I said, the whole church, because those who are not parents need to be praying, supporting, and helping those who are not. And so this time, I'm to continue to benefit children and sharing on what, as I travel around the world uh, in this day and age, is a bit of a prickly subject, uh, and that is parents' spiritual responsibility towards your children. And once again, it is a whole church thing. Uh, as Pete says, uh, to produce a whole church, a whole per child, needs the whole church. And those who haven't got children, uh, or their children have grown up and left, then I can assure you that parents drastically need every bit of help, encouragement uh, that you can give them, because they're battling a hard battle out there. Uh, the world has changed everything to being the opposite to God's word. Uh, and so uh, we need to be helping to raise up a generation that will be different. And you young people here, even though you may see, well, I'm young yet, it's not going to be that many years before you'll be married and having your own children. Uh, and please let me put a plug in here that uh, God wants you to set it in your hearts now, at the age you are now, that when you get to that point uh, of meeting uh, your partner, that you will set it in your heart that there will be no sex before marriage and that you will have a proper marriage ceremony. Because I can assure you out there, even many Christian parents and children's church leaders, children are just living together uh, outside of marriage, uh, totally opposite to what the Word of God says. And though the world is doing it, there is always a consequence to pay somewhere down the line when you break God's order. And God's order clearly is that we marry and then sex is between the husband and wife only. And when that's broken, there is a consequence to pay. So set in your heart now that you're going to get it right and be part of those who will help to turn the tide back towards what the word of God says. Uh, and uh, the spiritual side of teaching children has been drowned out by the busy life that everyone lives. But yet, if we think about it, if there's something we really want to do, we'll make time to do it. So if we really want to raise up godly children, then somehow we'll make time to do the right things. Now, as I stand here... This morning, I'm not saying that I got it right uh, and did everything right, uh, because Jason here will tell you I didn't get it right all the time. Uh, there were times, uh, areas that I failed on it. Um, and I'm not standing here to condemn anyone uh, through the things I say, but to share with you things that you can set a goal to work to build these things into your lives so that you're following God's order uh, in the family. Uh, and 
So, parents, you have two responsibilities towards your children. You brought them into the world, and now you've got two responsibilities. One is the physical, to train them uh, and equip them, that when they're adults, they'll be good, upright, outstanding uh, people and born-again Christians walking with God. But then you have a spiritual responsibility to train them spiritually. And over and again, I get people telling me, well, I can do the physical okay, but I can't do the spiritual. I'm not like you. You don't have to be like me to do the spiritual. You see, if you're a parent, then you are called to be a parent. Uh, Because if we look in Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 6, it says, Marry, have children, find spouses for them so you may have many grandchildren, multiply and do not dwindle away. Uh, So uh, to have children is uh, a command of God. And those who God calls, he equips. So if you're a parent, you're called to be one, and therefore you can claim the equipping you need to do whatever you need to do. And you doing your part, and those in the church doing uh, other parts, then together will produce uh, a whole child. Um, And you need to see it as a calling. Uh, And as I see it, it's the highest and most important calling in the world. Because you see, uh, by the time Pete gets people, much of their life has been lived, uh, and if we look at their life as a book, then many of the pages of the book of their life has already been written with positive, negative, and all kinds of things. Uh, but uh, when you're a parent, you get the child uh, when the pages are blank. And what you write on those pages is what those children are going to be. Because Proverbs 22 and verse 6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he won't depart from it. Now, that doesn't say that there may not be turbulent waters in between. Depends on the child and the circumstances. Uh, And it doesn't say that some may not fall away in between. But as I said last time, if you have built as much of God and the things of God into the child's life while they're young, ultimately they won't depart from it. It will bring them back again. It will draw them back as long as we've done our part. But I very much believe that uh, we must do our part and God will do what we can't. Uh, And so therefore we do as much of the spiritual uh, input into our children's lives as we can. But yet not go throw the other way and try to do everything and not let anybody else have input to your children's lives because that is just as wrong. Uh, because it's easy to get off on tangents when you're only getting one point of view coming into that life. So therefore, your children need you but they need input from those leaders in the church. They need input from people who bring God's word to them Uh, within the church and so on. It's a whole church thing together. Uh, But parents must be doing uh, their part. Uh, There's um, a little sort of verse that's uh, often found on pictures in Christian bookshops. It says, it doesn't matter. Uh, In a hundred years, it doesn't matter what house I lived in, what car I drove, 
what job I had. But the world can be a different place because I was important in the life of a child. And the most important uh, involvement in a child's life is the spiritual input that we put uh, into those children's lives. And so there must be time within the family uh, when (coughs) you build the things of God into children's lives. As far as I see it, it should be every night. Before they go to bed is probably a good time. Uh, and uh, spend time around the school. It doesn't have to be a long time, but it's important to have it. And as they get older, of course, it opens up the way for much more discussion uh, and points of view being able to be shared uh, in that time together with the children. But it also means making a priority to make sure your children get to any event for children within the church or to do with God that you can get them to. And sacrificing other things. Because, uh, you see, Matthew 6.33 does tell us to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Uh, Unfortunately, in this day and age, many Christians swap that around and wouldn't say it, but are living, seek first the academic, the social, the sporting, uh, and all these other successes, and God will add the spiritual because of the family our children are a part of and the church we go to. Well, no, that's not what it says. So seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and the other things will be added. And so many parents come to me and say, but my child can't come because they're, they're in this sporting uh, club and they've got to be committed to that and, uh, and so on. And, and they've got their homework they've got to do and all these things. So they can't come to meetings. Now oh, that's putting these other things first. Getting Matthew 6.33 the wrong way around. And we're saying they can't. Now the promise is the other things we add we've done to them. So they won't fail all their exams uh, because they uh, go to certain meetings. God will make sure that there is a the success there when we're doing our part. We have a right to claim the other successes for our children, but putting God first and making sure they're there. You know, as you know, I travel all over the world. Uh, and when you, any of the Western countries that I go to, it's rare that I will have all the children that are in... <coughs> the church, uh, in the right age group, in my meetings. Uh, There'll be a list of, well, this child's not here because they're away. Uh, This one here, they've got this club on. This one's too busy, and so on. All the excuses why they're not there. And yet I I go to Mexico, where a mother will walk up to two hours to get their child to a meeting through the mountains to make sure their child is at the meetings. And yet we find all other things and excuses not to get them to places where they will get a spiritual input into their lives. Um, And uh, if we think about it in the long term, if we're putting these other things first, what we're actually teaching a child is that, yes, it's important to be a Christian, it's important to walk with God, uh, but it, it comes after all these other things. So when they get older and making all their own decisions, there'll be even more reasons why they can't go to meetings 
and they end up not going at all. Train up a child in the way they should go. Uh, and when they're old, they won't depart from it. <clears throat> uh, but as parents, we have to do our part. And then God will do part that we can't. Uh, and spending a little time uh, in the Word, reading the Word when they're younger and discussing, a little time of prayer is important. You know, I'm a grandparent now, and sadly, in the place where I've got two grandchildren, Jason's children are both born again, and two grandchildren are not even being brought up to know about God. So on either side of the fence. Um, but yet... A plug for grandparents. Uh, we have <coughs> the, uh, the long-distance grandchildren, Rune and Jesse, staying with us at the moment. And so we read and pray with them before they go to bed. Uh, and because it's Christmas, um, and uh, we, wanted to, we wanted to make sure that they got the right side, the real meaning of Christmas, then each night we've been reading uh, through the Christmas story with them. Uh, and so they've had an ordinary story first, then a Bible reading, and then praying with them. Um, and last night, uh, when I asked what ordinary story they wanted, Ruin didn't want another story. He wanted to hear the next part about Jesus. Um, so the seeds are being sown, and uh, his heart is being changed. It's important to do what we can. Now, that time with children can be at whatever time fits in best with the family. Some do it around the breakfast table. Uh, one of the families that pray for me uh, in Luxembourg, they always pray around the breakfast table before their children go out to school. Uh, other people pray in the evenings. It doesn't matter when, as long as we make the time. Uh, and if it's something that you're starting off from point zero, uh, then don't try to do too much too quickly. Like having an hour every night before... so. On. Uh, maybe take just one or two nights a week and spend just a few minutes and gradually build up, have the goal to gradually build up to having it every day, a little something, a little time uh, spent uh, with God. It's so very, very important. Uh, and parents, as I said, you can do it. You can all read, so you read the Bible, you can all pray, so you can pray. Uh, and think about it, and I mentioned this last time uh, with the uh, spiritual uh, things that God wants to do in our children. As parents, you stand in the place of God for your children. Loco parentis, you're in the place of God. Just like when you send your children off to school, then the teacher at school stands in the place of you to educate your child. You stand in the place of God to bring up and educate his children. Remember, your children you have are only on loan to you for a few years. On loan from God because they belong to him. Uh, and so they're on loan for those years. And God expects us as parents to do everything we can to build him into their lives. To get it right. Uh, and so when we're doing it, we're fulfilling uh, what God wants for our children in standing in his place. And if we can see it that way, it's not just doing a devotion, but standing in the place of God for your children. 
so they can grow up to have and be everything that God wants them to have and be. And let's not get caught up in the spirit of the age, which is busy, 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 can't do, haven't got time, too tired. Make time. And it will pay dividends in the end. Uh, And there'll be the times where the children won't be cooperative. They'll still push through. Maybe shorten it a bit, but don't uh, be defeated by it because it will then happen every night. Stop it. The devil's sly, uh, and he doesn't charge in the elephant with hobnail boots. He comes in very subtly. Uh, a night when they don't want to do it and they're all uh, awkward and difficult uh, and say, so oh, well, don't bother and gradually it catches on. Now, push through in some small way, uh, even cutting it down to make sure that we're keeping that right uh, routine uh, in their lives and building in the things that we should build in. I also want to read here what I found very interesting uh, which is taking Psalm 127, verse 3, and it's sort of ten commandments uh, for parents, uh, things to do to help your child, but also help on the spiritual side too. Number one, my hands are small. Don't expect perfection when I make a bed, draw a picture or throw a ball. My legs are short. Slow down so I can keep up with you. Number two, my eyes have not seen the world as yours have. Let me explore it safely. Don't distract me unnecessarily. Number three, make time for me. Housework will always be there. I'm only little once. Number four, I have feelings too. Don't nag me about my inquisitiveness. Treat me as you'd like me to like to be treated. Number five, I'm a gift. Treasure me as God intended. Hold me accountable. Give me guidelines to live by. Discipline me with love. Number six, I need encouragement to grow, not empty praise. Go easy. You can uh, correct the things I do without putting me down. Number seven, give me the freedom to make decisions. Even if they're not always right, permit me to fall so that I can learn to walk. Number eight, don't do things repeatedly for me makes me feel like my efforts don't measure up to your expectations. And don't compare me with others. I'm me, not them. Number nine, don't be afraid to leave me for a weekend to uh, go away together. Kids need time away from parents, just like parents need a time away from the kids. Besides, it shows us that your marriage is something special. Number ten, take me to God's house and introduce me to him, because I need him for the rest of my life. Simple things, but important things to be doing to build up our children and to make them the the people that that God wants them to be. And so, of course, that means also praying continually for them. And not only praying from from knowledge and understanding things you know that they've got problems with or difficulties that they're facing, but also about be praying in the Spirit, asking God to show you how you need to pray for your child or children at any particular time. Uh, and uh, then listening and hearing what God says and praying in that way. Also being available 
at any time during the day to pray for your child or children. Even if you're a working uh, person, uh, you can pray quietly as you're working or take a five-minute break away just to pray as God prompts you. So we need to be parents who are praying, but also open to the Holy Spirit to speak and asking God to show you things you need to know so you can pray. And also uh, showing you things that you wouldn't find out about unless God showed you. Not so that you can land on them like a ton of bricks, but so you can show them that uh, God shows you the things they do uh, and so they need to beware of what they do because God will show you. Uh, you know, there was uh, one time where a child, uh, a friend was asking him to do something that he knew he shouldn't do. Uh, and so he said no. Uh, and uh, when, the, when the friend said, well, why won't you do it? He said, because my dad will find out and then I'll be in big trouble. He said, well, if we do it the way I said, he won't find out. Uh, and so the, the child replied, God always shows him when I get it wrong. Um, help to guide them away from sin and difficult situations. And also, uh, in praying in the Spirit, when they're facing situations that they don't realize are sin and wrong. Because we're living in evil days, uh, where sin and evil has become right and good and everybody does it and it's okay. So, especially the younger children will be facing something and they don't know they shouldn't be doing it uh, or shouldn't be a part of it. Uh, and so God can prompt you to pray. Uh, and God will hear that prayer and answer for them. Uh, but when that happens, uh, then uh, my advice is when they get home to find out what was happening, what they were doing at a certain time during the day. Uh, and then when they share with you, then share with them that God prompted you to pray uh, for them for that particular thing. Uh, so it encourages them too, that God is there with them in difficult times and difficult circumstances. So parents have got to be prayers. But so too does the rest of the church uh, who have not got children uh, or for, <laughs> for whatever reason. Uh, then we need to be praying for the parents, and open to God to show you things and then be willing to go and share. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get it right every time. Um, sometimes uh, when God, uh, we think God said something and it's human thinking. And that happens because we're all humans and we're not as, uh, complete spiritual beings yet. Uh, but be available and then share it with them. You could be wrong and they will say so. But don't let that say, well, I'm not going to do it again because it didn't work that time. No. Be open uh, and share what God says. Many a time uh, someone has come to me and said, yeah, I was praying for you and I really felt God say this. And it was something that was spot on. There have been some times where I, uh, I've not been so sure about it, uh, but it wasn't anything wrong in it. And so I've held it. And then later on found... Uh, that uh, that thing that was said to me has, has happened or has been avoided because of what the person shared. Now, we mustn't be afraid to be willing to share with one another and to help one another uh, and encourage one another. You know, parents need encouragement. 
You know, it can be a very lonely road being a parent sometimes. Um, and especially if you're a working mother, uh, at the, uh, two things at the same time, uh, and you're pressured, someone coming and encouraging you can mean the world to that person who's going through a difficult time. Something you've seen in their child that was really good. Go and share with them that you saw their child doing this or saying that or behaving this way and was so blessed by it to encourage someone. You know, it could be that they're at a very low ebb at that point and they need that little something seed you have to drop in there. You know, we need to be available for each other uh, and offering our help where we can. You know, especially when you've got working families um, that have got to be parents and a full-time job at the same time. You know, there's need for help sometimes. And here's where the church family comes in, offering ourselves, if we've got some spare time, uh, to someone who may need some extra little bit of help, going out of our way to be available, as families should, sharing with one another um, and helping one another and building one another up so that, as I say, our children will end up being the children that God wants them to be. Let's remember, uh, and don't say it to condemn, uh, in Hebrews 13 and verse 17, it talks about uh, having to give a, leaders giving account for the way that they have led the flock. And we as parents will have to give account to God for the way we've brought up our children. Now, don't say that to, to condemn, because we could all sink down, including me. Uh, because I got the, uh, these things that now, if I had time over again, would be done very differently. Because I got it badly wrong. Um, and uh, so, you know, God forgives, cleanses and sets us free. So we're not bound by our mistakes. We confess to God and he sets us free. Um, uh, but at the end, we give account for what we've done. So as long as we've done the best that we can, with God's help, with the help of the body, then uh, we can do it. Um, and said most importantly, as I said, putting their spiritual lives first. So that God is the first person, most important person uh, in their lives. As parents too, it's important uh, that you talk to your children about God and the things of God. Uh, whenever the opportunity arises, and many opportunities arise and we miss them. Little things, something that's said, something that's done or not done or whatever, and we miss the chance. Take those opportunities to speak of the things of God into your children's lives. And talking and to share the blessing that he's done for you when God has answered a prayer of yours uh, and oh, done something special, share it with the children. So they're growing up, knowing a God who is a provider, a God who does want to bless us and does want to give to us uh, if we're continually sharing. And also then we'll help them to share the things that God does and says to them with us. Uh, likewise, and make a two-way channel there. These things are so important, uh, especially in these days where children are almost bringing themselves, bringing themselves up, but we make an effort to bring them up, 
God's way, and especially spiritually. And of course, there is the very sticky subject, which is part of the spiritual too, is, is with discipline. And many don't believe in physical discipline. Uh, well, there are other things that one can do to discipline a child who has crossed the line too far. Um, uh, and we, as husbands and wives together, must decide what things will be uh, used as punishments. Uh, if you don't agree with the physical punishment, that's fine. That's between you and God, find something else. But don't leave an empty void there, as so many families do, where the, the children just cross the line and nothing happens. So they become more wild. You know, the most secure child is one that has boundaries and knows how to live within those boundaries. The most insecure ones are ones who don't have boundaries, so they don't know uh, where the line is drawn. They become insecure. We need to have boundaries and some form of discipline for crossing that boundary. It's all part of being spiritual. God, the Bible tells that God chastens us. God disciplines us as adults. So therefore, we should be doing that with our children too. And God doesn't come down with a great big stick and whack us. He disciplines us in different ways. We can discipline in using other things, uh, loss of privileges and so on, whatever. But there must be something, there must be borders and boundaries within our children's lives. Uh, otherwise, as we see what the world is producing, gang warfare, children out of control, getting younger and younger, as the news reports tell us, because there's no boundaries in their lives, no discipline. We must have those boundaries of discipline. Otherwise, uh, we are trying to be better than God. But God puts boundaries around us and disciplines he brings into our lives. We must have the same in some way for our children so they know. Be fair. Make sure there's warning. Uh, one way that I think is quite fair is that when a child first uh, does something that is wrong, then they're told very clearly that that is wrong and why it's wrong. And I believe there must be the why in there as well, not just that was wrong, you shouldn't do it, why you shouldn't do it. So they understand what they've done wrong. Uh, and then if the same offence is committed a second time, uh, very quickly then the, the child is pulled up and reminded that they've been told already that this is not acceptable and why. And the next time there will be some form of punishment and whatever punishment you choose, uh, you tell them. And then the third time, then comes the punishment. And I've, you had the warning, you've had two warnings, now it comes the punishment. So it's fair, but they know exactly where they stand. Uh, and bring, bringing them then to being secure children uh, in a day and age of un insecure children being brought up. And then finally, grandparents, uh, you have a tremendous responsibility too towards your grandchildren. And as I said, I live in a place where I've got two local grandchildren here that I see a lot of and two long-distance grandchildren I don't see so much of. Uh, but each are prayed for every day. And then, just said, when they're, they're with us, then we build spiritually into their lives as much as we possibly can. Uh, and uh, if you're older and don't have any 
children of your own, then you can, as it were, adopt grandchildren, grandchildren to pray for certain children that uh, you look upon as, as being like spiritual grandchildren. You can pray into their lives, uh, and you know, like godparents, um, uh, when children are dedicated, have responsibility to pray that they're their blood relatives, uh, but they are spiritually adopted children that you pray for uh, and have some input into their lives. Well, you can do that with other children if you don't have children of your own, that uh, you have that spiritual input into their lives. Um, but grandparents, we must do what we can. Uh, many a grandparent has changed the heart of grandchildren through praying and through taking them to church when they get the opportunity, even if their parents are not Christians but taking them when the opportunity is there, then doing everything you can, God will do what you can't. And that's the important thing. We do what we can. God has promised he'd do what we can't. So let's just bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the privilege of being parents and privilege of being part of a family, uh, as we are here in the church, uh, that... Uh, that we can help one another. Thank you for every one of the children that you've given to us as a family here in this church. They're all precious and valuable uh, to you and to us. And Lord, we pray for the parents, Lord, that you would encourage them and help them and build them up. And Lord, where change needs to be made, I pray you'll help them to make that change so they can be doing everything they can. Pray for grandparents and the input that they have to their grandchildren, that they may have a positive uh, spiritual input into their lives, even if the only contact can be prayer. We, uh, we pray you'll hear those prayers and answer those prayers in the lives of those grandchildren. And for all of us together, let us be those who are looking for opportunities to help those who are in need particularly working families or single-parent families that need help. Let us be those who are offering, taking opportunities as we see them to, to be able to help and input in whatever way we can. Lord, we want to together raise up a great and mighty army of children and young people for you that you can use and that will help to turn the tide that's going in the wrong direction in this, in this land back into a right direction. I commit each one into your hands in Jesus' name. Amen.